Welcome to the Full 10 Yards Power Rankings Podcast with Josh Henwood and your host Liam Horsley. Yes, hello. Welcome to the uh, second Power Rankings podcast here on the Full 10 Yards with myself, Josh Henwood. Unfortunately, Liam is, well, I say unfortunately for me, but certainly not for him. He's currently on holiday somewhere in the country, kicking it up. I, however, am still here to go through this week's Power Rankings. It was definitely one of the more difficult ones this week to do with all the shock results from around the league especially towards the top of the rankings just going to give you a very quick overview of the top 10 before um, I asked Liam to send me across a postcard with his thoughts and we'll use that as a way to frame this week's podcast so just going to go through one to ten the bills I've kept at one the Eagles have jumped up into second and the Dolphins into third. It's the first time either of those have been in the top five this season. The Rams remain at four while the Chiefs drop from two to five after their loss to the Colts. The Green Bay Packers rise a couple of spots to six. The Ravens stick at seven and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers drop down to eighth. The Chargers, I've kept it, in, well, I say kept, they were a fifth, weren't they? Um, I've dropped down to nine, and the Cincinnati Bengals remain at ten after their win against the Jets. So uh, with that, like I said, I did ask for Liam to send me across a postcard, of which I have uh, conveniently turned into some voiceover, so you'll, uh, you'll hear that now, and we'll just go through it bit by bit. Dear Josh, I hope you're well. I'm currently relaxing away from it all and the Chiefs loss right now, but I still want to keep you in check as this was probably the hardest week for a long while. I beg you, don't overreact to the games last week. Teams 4 through 6 are elite and should probably be in the top 5 for the majority of the season. The Bucks even, at 8, probably shouldn't be in the top 5 right now, but certainly higher than 8. Their injuries and suspensions haven't been a help. Then again, how far do you kick them down should they lose to the Chiefs on Sunday? Right, okay, let's uh, let, let's look at the top 10, I think, in a bit more detail then. So, the Bills, I've decided to keep at one because there is no way that a team that has 90 offensive snaps against a team as, you know, even as talented as the Dolphins, um, you know, they... they they should not have lost that game. The fact that they did was quite incredible. And I do believe that, you know, there were a number of ways that the Bills could and probably should have won that game. I'm going to give them this mulligan. Uh, Miami was obviously very, very difficult conditions-wise. The Bills had some pretty bad injury luck before the game as well, which did not help them. So I'm going to give them this as a mulligan, but the Dolphins I do drag up to third because they've had a very impressive start to the season. Obviously, they're 3-0 and they've played, you know, they've not played bad teams by any stretch of the imagination when you look at the three games which they have already played. So obviously, they beat the Patriots on the first game of the season, 20 points to 7. They then beat the Ravens. They came from behind to beat the Ravens. So you've got to, you've got to, um, reward that in any case and now that you 
now you uh, win at home again, and this time against the Bills. They play the Bengals on Thursday, and they're now favourites against the Bengals as well after an incredibly difficult start where you'd have probably given them maybe one win out of those first four. If they end up 4-0, and oh, then you can't deprive them of a top 10 spot. That's definitely for sure, no matter as to what you say about the uh, the Bills-Dolphins game. So there's that. The Eagles, uh, the Eagles I'll actually come on to in a second because Liam actually has a little extra to say about the Eagles being slotted in at number two. Um, the Rams... The Rams are one of these teams where they probably should go down a few spots, but they just keep on winning. So do you reward the consistency or do you reward or, or do you look at, um, you know, the eye test? I think in the Rams case, I don't think that the Rams have ever really looked great on the eye test, but they keep on getting the wins. And that's all that matters when it comes down to it at the end of the day. Uh, the Chiefs, look, I know that... I know that there is definitely a number of people, you know, Liam, for example, being a Chiefs fan, he's going to bring it up. But they did not look good against the Colts at all. Um, Probably shouldn't have been beaten, but the fact that they were definitely raises the eyebrow. The Chargers game the last week, I think they were incredibly lucky to come away with with the W. Personally, the interception completely changed the course of that game. But when you win against an opponent in that sort of circumstance then you know you you reward that um yeah so the chiefs i think at the moment are almost living on borrowed time uh september is apparently where the chiefs usually shine this is the second year now where it doesn't seem to have happened andy reed is coming under a lot of fire from his own fans so you know it's it's a question mark for sure uh, and then you look at the um, then you look at the teams just below them. So Green Bay, Green Bay ended up getting a pretty good win against the Bucks. Uh, the Bucks probably should have won though. Um, I can definitely understand people calling for that. And, and also with the uh, with the injury luck and the suspension luck, the problem is that other teams have injuries as well. And you either you either bite the bullet and keep them down for a little bit, or you um or, or you just choose to accept that it's a blip and then go forward i think that the books have problems beyond their injuries uh i look at the teams above them and i think that anybody above them can beat them but i also look at those below them and i don't think that they would beat the books so even if the chiefs beat the books on sunday i don't think it's going to matter in terms of how i place uh how how I uh, place the books, I think that the lowest that they will get, unless it's a cataclysmic loss, is eighth. Um, just because I think that that's sort of where the tier currently is uh, is cut, potentially depending on whether or not Cincinnati beat down the Dolphins quite hard on Thursday night. You know that they could obviously uh, make a push themselves, but they haven't exactly looked any great shakes so far. So uh, yeah, there, there's there's definitely that. Let's uh, let's go to the next portion of the postcard. The Eagles are one of only two undefeated teams, but their schedule has been one of the easiest in the league so far. Their stats have been more average than meets the eye test, and haven't scored in the second half for two weeks. 
Yeah, so this obviously hails back to the fact that I've put the Eagles in at number two. They seem to be the darlings of the league right now uh, by means of the eye test. Um, you, you know, you obviously the blistering offensive starts, the fact that they seem to have a great one-two punch at wide receiver. Jalen Hurts is playing at a really good level and is probably number three in everybody's MVP races right now. So this is kind of a reward for that. And also the fact that some sometimes I do like to do power rankings a little differently. It doesn't always stay consistent where the best NFC team, if I think that they would match the second best AFC team, I'll put them over whoever that second AFC team is because at the end of the year, you are going to get a top AFC and top NFC team. So unless there's a massive discrepancy, I do like to at least attempt to do it as you know, one AFC and one NFC in the one, two spots. Um, the, I, I did raise the fact that I found it interesting that the Eagles got to 24 points at the half in both of these games, the uh, Vikings and the commanders, and then just sort of shut up shop. But I, and also the fact that they let the lions back in, in the second half, it does make you wonder as to whether or not this is actually a four quarter team. It's definitely interesting. Uh, they've obviously played the Lions, the Vikings, and the Commanders so far. So, as Liam rightly says, the schedule has been kind to them so far. The question, of course, is, you know, when they face somebody fierce enough, are they going to be able to rise to the challenge? The other question, though, is when is that going to be? You know, they've got the Jags up next. Now, the Jags are on a roll right now. This could be you know, the quote-unquote trap game for the Eagles at this point. Then you got the Arizona Cardinals, of which plenty of people don't rate highly enough, um, you, you know, and the Eagles should, are seen to should roll over them. Then you got the Cowboys. That Dak Prescott might be back by that point, but it might still be Cooper Rush. So, you know, and I would have expected the Eagles to have won that game anyway. Then you got the Steelers. You know, that's probably another Eagles win. The Eagles might not lose a game for a long while here. You know, the first game of which I see them not favoured so far is the Green Bay Packers game on the 28th of November. And even then, that's a toss-up. So, you know, that their schedule is incredibly good to them this year. Doesn't mean that they're not a great football team. Definitely means that they should get some props by means of the power rankings. I'm quite content with them at two so far. But of course, if the Jags beat them, then they could uh, they could fall quite a lot because then you do have to start looking at those mitigating circumstances with a bit more of a wide scope. Uh, with that, let's uh, let's hear more about the Cardinals. Speaking of too high, the Cardinals seem a team that's still too high. Kyler bailed them out in one win, and the fence is still as stagnant as ever. Add in a terrible pass rush unit and corner group, think they could struggle to win seven to eight games. Right, so the Arizona Cardinals are one of the teams of which I think is just really awkward to call at the moment. Um, on paper, they do seem like a good side, and when the offense moves the way that it should, then you know I, I look at the teams around them, and I think that Arizona could take them on. You know, they're currently in the eleventh spot. Uh, they are cushioned by Chargers and Bengals above them, Vikings and Denver below them. 
um you know arizona versus minnesota do you really bet against arizona i i personally i don't know but i totally get it you know it is uh i'm i'm not high on kyler murray at all kyler murray is one of definitely the lower tier of quarterbacks to me i think that the team has been built up well though um the pass rush unit and corner group like you say liam is not all that good um they could have just been one season wonders last year. It's very possible, but I'm not willing to press the panic button just yet. Uh, maybe in a week or so, they could end up being more around maybe where the Titans or Dallas are in 17-18, for example. But at the moment, I look at the teams around them and I try and think of who who would beat them. And it's not consistent enough for me to be dragging them down too far below the 11s, 12s, 13s. Let's talk about injury-hampered teams. Do you think that with the really high-impact injuries to the Chargers and Patriots that they might start free-falling in the coming weeks? Yeah, so a very simple answer to this one is yes. There's uh, a lot to be said for simply not being able to you know not being able to uh collect enough wins just because of the fact that most of your impact players are out so the chargers the chargers are missing everybody you know they've gone from having this incredibly dynamic team to having a team that you know is held up by you know held up with staples and it's really unfortunate for them because I thought that this was a team that was very capable of, you know, being in and around the AFC Championship game. Uh, they definitely looked the better team against the Chiefs last week. I've not yet resigned myself to dropping them completely, simply because, you know, maybe they find a way. Maybe Justin Herbert gets. Uh, um, looks better next week, for example, with his injury. I know that he wants to continue out there. They didn't have Keenan Allen last week, and they're likely to get him back soon. So, you know, I've just pumped the brakes for this week, but if it ends up being a massive issue, then they might indeed free for the Patriots. I thought the Patriots played really well against the Ravens on Sunday, and the main issue of which they've got now is, is Matt Jones done for for a while? There is talk that he might end up going on to IR. It's a high ankle injury, a high ankle sprain injury, of which um, obviously is not great. It's probably about four to six weeks that he's out. Um, you know, I, I do have them at 22, you know, of which when you consider the teams around them, the Raiders, the Lions on the uh, plus side and the Steelers and the Giants on the lower I don't see as to how much lower you can really take that New England side because it's still a good unit. You know, they um, they, they did not look terrible against the Ravens at all. It's just that they couldn't go the distance with them. And when you consider that the Ravens are, you know, a quasi top five side, then twenty two is definitely not a uh, not not a bad stretch at all. Um, one part of the uh, news uh, of the uh, postcard of which. I did not end up turning into a soundbite. Um, one team that uh, I think you have two lows, the New Orleans Saints. I'd probably switch them and Vegas around in a straight swap. James's injury seems to be really hampering them. Well, 
what I would say to that is that the Saints look awful in weeks one and three. In week two, their defense really kept them in the game, but there's no offense. Even with Jameis, there just does not seem to be much offensive output at all. They really had to fight for that week one win. They looked very out of it on Sunday. You know, let's not say let's not uh, let's not overhype Jameis Winston. I'm sorry, overhype the Carolina Panthers, for example, and try and give Jameis an out on that one. So, yes, there's an injury. Yes, there are others in a similar spot. But I think that there's mitigating factors outside of it for other teams, whereas New Orleans, there's not really much. They deserve to fall a little bit. But this is one of these years where anything from 10 to about 26 can take wins off each other. So, uh, you know, you were... Take the rough with the smooth at the moment. If if you're in the if you're in the melee, then you're likely to move around very quickly from week to week. But yeah, New Orleans at 26, Carolina just above them, Falcons just below them. It's probably about right when you consider their starts of the season. Let's go to the last part of the postcard. All in all, though, I think you've done really well overall. The bottom six teams are exactly where they should be. Washington being last is a masterstroke I didn't think you'd have the courage to do. The Panthers and Giants could potentially make their way that way but not yet. The standout spots outside of that that we share this week are Bills at 1, Rams at 4, Ravens at 7, Vikings at 12, Jags at 14, Titans at 17, and Dallas at 18. Right, I'm heading back to a long country walk with the dog, but I'll be back to harass you next week. All the best, Liam. Yeah, so uh, thanks for that, Liam. Do do appreciate that. In terms of the bottom six, for those of you that have not yet seen, do so by um, looking on our Twitter and Facebook pages. But the bottom six in reverse order, Washington at 32, Houston at 31, Bears at 30, Jets at 29, Seattle at 28, and Atlanta at 27. Um, yeah, the wa- the Washington commanders have nothing on either side of the ball, it seems. They sometimes stand up on defense, but that just now seems to be a myth. Carson Wentz has really fallen. I thought Baker Mayfield had really fallen. Carson Wentz has really fallen. And um, outside of Terry McLaurin and Antonio Gibson, what else is there in Washington? There's, uh, There's not much hope for Washington at the moment. And... You know, I look at some of the other, you know, the Texans, there's hope in Houston. I can I can see sprouts of hope. There's hope in Chicago. You know, they, they have a run game at least, and their defense can stand up. The Jets, you know, the, the Jets weren't terribly out of it against the Bengals for large portions. They were able to move down the field enough to keep getting field goals against a good side. Um, Seattle and Atlanta, they're not great, but they're fun. They're fun. They will steal wins. I just can't say that about Washington. So that's why I put Washington there. Like you say, the Panthers and the Giants, I've not been high on them all year this year. And I probably won't be for the rest of the year either. They could end up being in the Malay. I could see Seattle and Atlanta getting out there at some point. 
um, and then making their way there. No, no problem at all. Baker Mayfield's been the worst QB for uh, QBR this year so far, of which I did not think I'd be saying six months to a year ago, but here we are. And, uh, yeah, so I'd just like to thank everybody for uh, for listening to this rather truncated and differently ordered, shall we say, um, Power Rankings podcast. I do believe that Liam is back next week to be able to run through week four with me, and I hope that you guys will join us as well. We'll be recording on Wednesday lunchtimes for as long as we're both around, and everyone enjoy week four. So uh, don't forget to listen to the Full 10 Yards NFL podcast. Keep liking and subscribing. Follow us at Full 10 Yards. Uh, the Go For Two podcast on Friday will go through the uh, games picks and against the spread. And there's also the Full 10 Yards betting podcast on a Thursday night is the live stream. And you can listen to that on all your various platforms on Friday morning. And yeah, apart from that, enjoy enjoy Red Zone on week four. I'll be anxiously biting my nails over the Browns and Falcons game personally, but there are a few good games, at, at least in that early window. And, of course, the Chiefs and Bucks game for the night, wherever that ends up taking place. So, uh, and yes, all, all the best to anyone that's listening out in Florida at the moment as well. I've got parents over there at the and my sister over there at the moment anxiously awaiting to see whether or not uh what the impact of that's going to be so uh if there is anybody that's listening in the florida region uh first of all thanks for doing so i hope that you guys are staying safe and uh yeah take care and goodbye thank you for listening to the full 10 yards power rankings podcast with josh henwood and liam horsley don't forget to subscribe to the full 10 yards podcasts and follow us on twitter at full 10 yards <laughs>